Welcome to What's the Data Point from Citizens Budget Commission and Gotham Gazette. This is Ben Max from Gotham Gazette. I'm Maria Dulles from the CDC. Thanks so much for joining us. We have a special edition of the podcast here today, post-gubernatorial debate, talking about Governor Cuomo's record and things that came up during the debate. Uh, excited to discuss that here today. Before we get to today's episode, if you've missed anything recently from us, we've had some great episodes, including an interview with Laura Anglin, who's the deputy mayor for operations under Bill de Blasio. I especially enjoyed that conversation, thought it was very insightful and interesting. So catch that one, among others. If you haven't been listening to every episode as they've popped, you can find, of course, the archive on any of your podcast streams or at the Gotham Gazette or CBC websites. So on to today, we are joined by CBC experts Patrick Orecki and Dave Friedfeld, and we are joined by Skype. Hello. How you doing? Good to talk with you. And before we jump into conversation with Patrick and Dave, here is Maria with today's data point. The data point is eight. This is the eighth year of Governor Andrew Cuomo's tenure as the 56th governor of the state of New York. CBC last week released a report outlining key fiscal, demographic, and policy trends during the last eight years. Many of you watched the gubernatorial debate to hear some of these facts and were sorely disappointed. But CBC's Patrick and Dave, our state team and dynamic duo, are here to talk more about what's happened in the last eight years. Welcome. So we, we as Maria indicated, we didn't get that great uh, of insights into Governor Cuomo's record during the debate. We didn't really get that much insight into even where Governor Cuomo wants to go in a potential third term or where Republican challenger Mark Molinaro, who squared off with Cuomo in the debate, where he wants to take the state because the debate was full of a lot of crosstalk and arguing and such as we wrote about at Gotham Gazette. But thankfully, we're here on the podcast to talk a lot more substance. And as Maria said, there was this CBC report released last week about Governor Cuomo's record and tenure to date. So Patrick, Dave... Uh, get us started here in terms of what did your report look at? Uh, so we tried to get kind of a, a broad view of uh, things that happened in the state um, from a policy perspective, from a fiscal perspective, from a demographic perspective uh, over the last eight years. Some of those things the governor um, would have had control or, or significant impact on. Some of them were things that that either, you know, continued current trends. So we, we looked at the economy and demographics. We looked at state finances and spending and revenues, uh, health care spending, uh, educational spending and attainments, uh, and then also infrastructure, some stats there, crime and corrections, and we also looked at uh, energy, envi- energy and the environment. Cast a pretty wide net there in terms of topics, um, but obviously a lot of it with uh, economic and fiscal lens, as we would expect from CBC. Um, just tell us a little bit more about the report itself and uh, its scope and maybe a few of the top uh, most interesting top line findings before we dig into more details. Yeah, absolutely. So sticking with kind of some of the big budget issues, you know, the the single largest program in the state's budget of $168 billion is the state's Medicaid program. Um, so one of the areas that we focused on and a big takeaway was that the, the state has effectively kind of contained the cost growth in the Medicaid program. Um, not only relative to its own record over the last several years, but also relative to other states in the nation. So New York had one of the slowest rates of growth in the Medicaid program, which was a significant takeaway, and it's a significant part of 
of the governor's record as well. The other big part of the budget, of course, is education. So, Dave, you want to tell us what the major findings were there? Sure. So, um, kind of unsurprising to, to listeners of the podcast, New York State spends the most per pupil on education in the country. We actually spend uh, about twice the national average, um, which is something that you know we, we've talked about before. Um, something kind of new that, that came out was, was not only do we spend twice the national average, but over the last eight years, state spending per pupil has actually increased uh, 50% faster than the national growth. So not only do we spend more, but we're, you know, the increases are, are more than national averages. And yet our performance, uh, as of the most recent evaluations, we're pretty much middle of the road as far as uh, English language, uh, arts, and, and math, which, which is concerning. One of the most interesting things, too, in the report are some, of, as you indicated, the demographic uh, data, and, and this includes population growth in New York as compared to the country. And this is something I was sort of listening to the debate for but didn't really hear much about which is, you know, some of this out-migration or lack of population growth in New York. And, you know, this has come up around economic development around the state in certain distressed areas. And, of course, we're, we're largely talking uh, about outside of the New York City area or even outside of the suburbs in Long Island, you know, upstate and western New York areas. And the governor's recently talked about, you know, it's not economic reasons, it's the weather. And, you know, I was interested in hearing some more of that conversation um, during the debate. But anyway, in terms of your study um, on the population issue, what, w- what were your findings? Um, so in, in comparison to the nation, the, the nation overall uh, during the period that we were able to look at, 2010 through 2017, the, the U.S. population grew by 5.3%. Uh, New York State only grew by 2.3%, so, so less than half of the national average. Um, what's really con- concerning about, about those figures is that New York City basically grew at the same rate as, as the rest of the country. They grew at 5.2%, so you know, kind of very close. Um, everywhere else either had a much lower uh, increase or, or was actually declining in population over the last seven years. And, and that's that's kind of the most uh, one of the more di- disturbing things that, that we pulled out from our analysis. Um, so we Why is that disturbing? Um, well, it's a sign that, that you have a stagnant economy. If there are reasons to go to a place, people move there. Um, and, and we looked at some, some other data on migration, out-migration nationally, and we basically have kind of a similar number of people leaving New York as other states have leaving their states. The issue is we don't have nearly as many people coming here, um, and that's really the problem. So, so people are leaving, and people are not are not replacing them um, from, from domestic migration. Uh, we also have a chart where we break this all out by region, and it shows uh, population, employment, uh, per capita personal income, and also poverty. And only New York City and the Capital District showed positive trends in all four of those. Um, all the other eight uh, regions had at least one negative, uh, one negative element there. I mean, it's it's such a big state, and this chart that Dave is talking about, and I encourage everyone to see the report and look at it and just spend a few minutes studying it is super important for understanding really the realities of the economic situation in New York State, right? We're in one of the longest economic expansions post-World War II um, ever, and yet despite that, um, and despite the fact that in the aggregate state job gains have been good, there are regions that are really distressed, as indicated by the fact that they have lost employment and are losing people. Um, and so, you know, in, in some ways, of course, it's not news. Uh, it's one of the reasons why the governor has spent a lot of, of money um, and given a lot of tax breaks for economic development. But to dive in and see this is really concerning. And I think a, a, a question could have been for the candidates yesterday, well, 
you know, what happens after the next recession where we, you know, we lose jobs across the state and what's expected, you know, how will you help these regions bounce back after that? Um, and that's, it's really tough and sort of depressing to think about. Some of the economic development question, which relates to the population question and how Buffalo and other areas are doing, you know, was discussed a little bit during the debate. And, and I want to shift to, to the debate in a second, but I, I really do want to encourage anyone listening to look at this report. You know, there's, there's a lot of information there and, and it is pretty digestible. Um, there's dozens of graphs, tables, figures, and such that really help put a, a clear visual aspect to the, to the report and the data that was found. Um, you know, one of the interesting other things that I wanted to bring up was you looked at the share of, of the population in poverty, New York, compared to the country. And while the poverty rate has dropped both in New York and the country from 2010 to 2016, you showed um, it's dropped more around the country than it has in New York. And New York City, uh, the poverty rate is still extremely, you know, re- relatively speaking, is very high. It is, yeah. The the poverty rate in New York City is still 18.4% compared to a national average of 13.7%. Um, but, but the city's poverty rate, you know, at, at least went down over, over the six years we were able to cover, 2010 through through 2016, which is the most recent data. Um, you have, But you did have six regions of the state where the poverty rate actually increased during that period. And I think people would be surprised that the Hudson Valley and Long Island both actually had an increase in their poverty rate since 2010 to 2016. Um, so while the overall economy is doing well in those areas, you still have a lot of people who are really struggling. So we're going to bounce back and forth, I guess, between the debate and your report here, and they go hand in hand, although obviously, as we've already indicated several times, the debate probably didn't touch on enough of the things that are that are addressed in your report. Um, but we all watched the debate. Uh, what were some of the things that did come up in the debate, and, and where do you want to weigh in on on what was mentioned. I mean, I will say, you know, initially one of the biggest things that that caught my attention and I included in the piece, you know, that I wrote about the debate, which was this discussion over the annual spending increases in the state budget that Governor Cuomo has claimed has stayed under 2%. And and I cited Citizens Budget Commission, of course, because Mark Molinaro made a very good point about the fact that that's not quite accurate how the governor's portrayed it. Yeah, and, and and the governor, um, you know, he focused a lot on he focuses a lot on the two percent growth rate, and and the first six years of his administration, he he's right. I mean, kind of, there are some adjustments that can be um, argued about, um, you know, how to count things when there is allocations of federal money and things like that. But when you look at state operating spending, which is what they they usually focus on, he's right for the first six years. Um, last year and the, in the current budget year, it's it's really not the case. Uh, money was shifted around. It was. It was moved into uh, different categories of the budget, or it was changed from spending to a, a tax benefit, even though it's the exact same benefit. Um, and after you kind of account for that, growth uh, last year and this year is, is more in the 4% range. Uh, you compare that to historical um, averages, it, it might be a touch lower than, than some administrations, maybe a, a touch higher than you know other other years. Um, but, but 2% certainly is inaccurate, and to, to, uh, to continue to push that, I think, is a... Uh, is problematic just from a transparency perspective. Well, but I, I think if you look, as you said, at the longer term, the governor has been pretty effective in controlling the growth of the budget, which is, again, not to say he has cut spending, um, even though some, some functions may have decreased, but he has been effective in controlling the growth. And I think he does deserve credit 
for some really big um, policy changes that were enacted very early on. One of them being, of course, um, the reform to pensions, which, you know, now eight years later, I think local governments and even the state are realizing the savings from those pension benefits um, being reduced to more generous and, uh, excuse me, to less generous and more reasonable, sustainable levels. Um, and the other big one, of course, is his effort to control Medicaid costs via this cap and the MRT. And that's one area where I think the data are pretty clear that there's been a lot of success. And so, you know, the agent, the other thing to mention, right, is, you know, a comparison to New York City. So where in New York City, we've seen the budget grow year over year and, you know, tens of thousands of employees, 30,000 new employees, the governor has frozen state agency spending year over year. He's really crunched these agencies and headcount overall decreased and is at a lower level. So yes, it's a myth that the budget grew 2% in the last year, maybe the last two years, but there is, I think, a strong fiscal record there of restraint on these other items. But that I think that's a good way to put it. I, I, I think the governor is widely um, said to have had a pretty solid fiscal record. There's obviously areas of concern that you guys have raised, others have raised, uh, Comptroller DiNapoli, you know, and, and, and other folks uh, in terms of the state's fiscal picture. And we can talk a little bit more about that. But definitely, as, as you said, Maria, the governor uh, has clearly deserved some credit on, on fiscal issues, including holding spending growth to reasonable annual increases, even if he's not quite accurate on the way he's portraying it at right. times. And, you know, Mark Molinaro probably had the more accurate portrayal there. And that was one of the easier exchanges to sort of fact check after the debate because there was so much other, you know, sort of crosstalk and, and questionable statements in, in multiple directions. Um, what were some of the other things, guys, that, that you heard during the debate that, that really do relate to the governor's record? Well, if I could just prod this, I mean, one thing they did touch upon was the MTA, right, and MTA performance, um, but didn't get into a broader discussion on infrastructure more generally. Patrick, I think you've looked at the data here. What's the story? Yeah, absolutely. I, I, jumping back to the MTA, I think one of the key figures in our, our retrospective report um, is that the subway on-time performance has declined each year since 2010, going from 90 to 63%. And that's something that Mark Molinaro brought up. Um, but yeah, getting to other modes of transportation, I mean, talking about roads and bridges, this is something that CBC has looked at and we included in the, the report um, last week. Uh, the, the state's made some serious progress in improving the condition of its bridges especially. So 11% um, of New York's bridge uh, deck area was rated as poor by the federal government. Um, just eight years ago, and they've about halved that rate so far um, during the governor's first two terms. Um, but that's still about twice the national rate. Um, so there's still a lot to be done in terms of investing properly uh, in roads and bridges um, outside of just the improvements that are needed on the NTA. Anything else you heard during the debate, Dave, that, uh, you know, relates more closely to the governor's record? I mean, obviously, economic development came up, and that's something that you focused a lot on. Yeah, the, the, they both, they talked about economic development and, and uh, Mr. Molinaro focused much more so on kind of the, the corruption side of the, the governor's economic development programs, um, which is obviously a cause for concern. Um, but what frequently I think it's lost in that conversation is whether or not the existing programs are effective. Um, you know, we looked at the last eight years uh, and under the, the Cuomo administration, 
something $28 billion has been has been allocated for economic development, and that figure has been rising um, substantially in the, in the last few years. Um, and we're not really getting the return on investment that, that you would hope to see. I mean, we're approaching $5 billion in fiscal year 19 for economic development purposes, and still you have large swaths of the state where, um, you know, the economy is not performing. And there's some, the kind of the you know, the bigger pieces, um, which I, I don't remember for actually names specifically, but uh, the Solar City Factory um, is, is not performing the way that, that we had hoped. And, and we're hoping that the governor, whoever it may be, will, will take kind of a, a revised approach to economic development, get away from these these attempts at, at silver bullets that, that are hoping to fix all the problems in a, in a region with uh, with one employer. This is one of the areas of real weakness for the governor because there's been a lot of money spent. And so, you know, as we said, there are regions in the state that are really suffering. And so it's important to think about what the strategies are from those regions. What can you do to turn them around? What are the industries you can leverage? You know, how do you think about this? You've got to do something as the leader of the state, right? Um, but the fact that there's so little data and accountability and, quite frankly, results around some of this stuff is really troubling and concerning. And... Um, you know, whether it's Cuomo in the third term or Molinaro starting out, you know, there's got to be a moratorium on new spending here and a reboot of what the state strategy is to help prod along these regions and, and stimulate them economically. And that, of course, relates to the more broad fiscal picture. Um, I was a little bit surprised that Molinaro didn't find a way to talk a little bit more about that and where the state is, even though we've indicated the governor has some real strong elements in his approach to, you know, budgeting and state finances, there are also some serious issues facing the state related to debt and the lack of savings. And, you know, as Marie indicated, this is this has been a, a really good long stretch, broadly speaking, even if there are major issues in different pockets of the state. Um, what is your what did your report find in terms of you know some of the other elements of fiscal management under under the governor's eight years? So one of the things that we looked at was uh, OPEB liability, and that's um, that's uh, other post employment benefits. So it's basically retiree health care, um, and, and that liability is significant in, in New York State and, and around the country. And New York State chooses not to prefund any of that, meaning that. They don't put money away to pay for those benefits as employees are working to pay for, for them when they're in retirement. Uh, and under uh, Governor Cuomo, it's gone from about a little under $60 billion to, to over $90 billion in liability. So it's, it's increased you know, by about half. And, and so right now, it's $4,700 for every New Yorker is owed in that liability. And Governor Cuomo hasn't put any money there. Um, that's somewhere where he could and should put money. He's, he's proposed some reforms to retiree health care to try and cut down on what, what those liability numbers would be, but he didn't really push them in the budget process, and they, they ended up not really uh, not really going anywhere. The other area kind of on the, the broad fiscal issues that, that got touched on was taxes. Mr. Marnow brought up taxes a few times, but in, in our report, we looked at it, and the truth is, under Governor Cuomo, tax rates are lower now than they were when, uh, when the governor came in. You can make arguments about whether or not um, they could have been brought down lower, or particularly the millionaire's tax on high-income uh, earners, if that should have been allowed to uh, completely expire. Um, it was extended at lower rates and at higher thresholds. So, but, but overall, tax rates themselves are actually low. That was a pretty obvious question that I wanted to hear asked was about the millionaire's tax 
it's set to expire next year. Uh, should it be extended, raised, lowered, you know, any modification, I assume that we have a sense of where Malnaro would have landed on that, but it would be interesting to get the governor on the record about what he thinks there. He's obviously dismissed Mayor de Blasio's calls to add an additional tax on top earners that de Blasio wants to see. I think now his latest iteration of that is to go towards the MTA, although he's called for other uses before. Um, the governor has dismissed that as recently as a couple of weeks ago, but what does he think about the version that's that he's extended multiple times already and, and is set to expire. Yeah, I agree. I think this is going to be sort of one of the items that's at the top of the new governor or the current governor's agenda in January. Um, and the calculus is a little bit different this time around because of the impact of the salt, uh, which we've talked yes. about previously on the podcast. So, you know, the, the cost differential now for these high earners is much different than it was just a year ago. So that's, you know, how you navigate those waters is a little bit tricky now um, and is, is something that's going to require a lot of thought and um, deliberation. And, you know, I, I recently moderated a debate with the controller candidates, and, and this isn't exactly up to the controller per se, but I wanted to ask them what they thought about extending that millionaire's tax. And, you know, that was something where Republican Jonathan Trichter said, no, we already, you know, our taxes are rate too high. And, you know, Tom DiNapoli, the incumbent Democrat said, well, you know, we need the, we need the revenue. So unless there's a different way of, of getting that revenue, you know, it probably does need to be extended. So, you know, this is something that the controller weighs in on, but doesn't necessarily get to set the policy. Very interesting to hear what Governor Cuomo and his challengers think about that, as well as, you know, legislative leaders heading into the next session, which we'll know more about, obviously, after the elections. The other way to think about that, of course, is, okay, if you lose the revenue, what do you lose on the other side of the ledger for spending? Yeah, absolutely. Right? So what what could you point to that you could say, well, you need a substantial reduction there? And really, the only thing that's been growing tremendously in the state budget is education aid. And that I was is, just going to shift to education. Yes, yes, absolutely. And that is really not a popular thing to say you're going to cut this right. coming up. Now. Yeah, that's right. And before we get into education <laughs> aid, you know, just education did, you know, was one of the substantive topics that actually got a little bit of discussion during the debate. But that was focused, you know, the, the question was really focused around charter schools. Um, and it went in their answers a little bit further than that. But the funding questions and any change any changes to the education aid formula, which obviously has been a focus for CBC, and we've done an entire episode on, you know, that was left out of the picture. But what what did you guys, you know, what's your take for of Go Governor Cuomo's eight years on, on where that's at? Well, uh, you know, state spending um, in Governor Cuomo's first two years actually decreased. Uh, state education aid decreased um, when, the, when the governor came in. Obviously, the, the state was in some pretty significant um, financial straits. Um, so state aid decreased. But but even as state aid decreased in those first two years, spending per people continued to increase at the district level, um, you know, from using uh, reserves and using um, there's some extra federal money during that period and, and also, um, you know, increasing on local taxes. But the, the spending continued to increase, state aid continued to increase after that, and has increased at a, at a rate much higher than inflation every year since then. So, so education aid is obviously something that, that needs to be addressed. There's money being given to districts. Significant state resources are going to districts that are wealthy and that spend much more than the, 
than the state average and, and, and everyone, every district in New York state actually spends more than the national average per pupil. And like I said before, we're, we're, we're kind of in, in the middle for results, which is, uh, which is a cause for concern. And as far as the- Very little, you know, we're hearing very little discussion about <laughs> any of this. Right, about improving performance, um, enhancing accountability, moving the system forward. There's... Changing the spending formulas that, you know, right. the CBC recommendations have been out there for a while. I mean, call me a, uh, uh, call me crazy, but you know this is one of the reasons I think there should be you know somewhere in the in the vicinity of five you know debates in the course of a election where you have certain themes and topics that you really dig in on. I mean, you know, there there's really there really needs to be a lot more statewide conversation about some of these issues and digging in. And you know, we have these a one hour debate is the totality maybe of the general election debate and you're getting, you know, you have to answer every question in 30 seconds. It doesn't lend itself to, uh, or a minute, it doesn't lend itself to great discussion of things like education aid, which is a huge driver, as we've discussed here, of, of the state budget and how localities can educate their children. Mm -hmm. So the other, as I, the other aspect of education that I just want to touch on before we go, and I think is you know, having looked at this report many times was the part that I actually found most interesting was the part about higher education and what the trends have been there. Dave, give the recap on that. Yeah, so so despite the, the increases in uh, state tuition uh, for SUNY and CUNY schools um, since Governor Cuomo came into office, um, and, and it was significant, the uh, kind of the base tuition um, at, both, at both systems went from a touch under $5,000 um, to almost seven thousand dollars, so you have a significant increase in uh, in tuition rates. But at the same time, New York State's funding per full-time student um, is about ten thousand uh, dollars per pupil, compared to seven thousand dollars nationally. Um, so New York does contribute you know, much more per student um, and higher ed, and has actually increased um, about seven percent over the the ten-year prior period, where we where we were able to get some some national data. Um, whereas the nationwide average actually went down by 11%. So on, on the uh, the higher ed side, actually kind of similar to the you know K through 12, New York is is spending much is spending more and it's increasing, whereas you see a bit of a different trend at the national level. Yeah, I mean, this is you, we read about this all the time about the decrease in public investment in public universities, and so it was really interesting to see that in New York that actually hasn't been the case. That even as tuition has increased and actually at a pretty rapid step. Um, the state has continued to invest more, whereas investment has declined nationally. And even with the tuition increases, SUNY and CUNY are still a really good deal relative to other public universities. So that's, that's a cool story there. So Patrick and Dave, I think we're going to leave it there. There's a lot more in your report that we could touch on. We didn't get really to energy and the environment or the prison populations, a variety of other things. So folks should obviously take a look at the report. There's some really eye-opening data there and, and often it's it packs a real punch because it's in you know graph and table format that's easy to digest and you can see some of the trends in pretty stark fashion or you can see where there hasn't been big changes and that's also notable so um thank you guys for joining us uh thank you for the report and uh we'll, we'll talk more soon sounds good thanks bye